Hello there, this is Benny. And this is Kyle. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. The British alt-history podcast about every episode of Doctor Who. It's 1066 and we're about to change history with our atomic cannon. (laughs) But maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, cause we've got an intro to do before we get into it. Indeed. So, uh, yeah. How's it going, Kyle? Pretty good. It is a nice Saturday afternoon here at the Doctor's Watcher head queue. Yeah, I'm down here, uh, in the Doctor's Watcher co-host co-head queue. It's it's a little warm, um, but I'm glad I'm in our, our little side room here where it's a little cooler. Yeah, it's pretty warm here, too. My laptop's fan is not particularly happy at the moment, but hopefully you listeners can't hear it. And if you can, well, that's just part of the the listening pleasure that you get from an indie independently produced podcast like the doctor's watcher just think of it as like the uh the, the tardis noise <laughs> yeah just be glad it's not beeping uh-huh i i think this episode that we're currently recording comes out like in the middle of december so it's a little bit odd that we're recording in warm rooms on hot days, but so it goes. That's the magic yeah. of time and space. Yeah, hopefully hopefully you two listeners are warm and snug and maybe we can send some of this warmth through through the magic of podcasting into your ears. Maybe make yourself a nice cup of hot cocoa. If there's a special someone in your life, make them a cup of hot cocoa. I was about to say, you got to be careful with that cocoa. (laughs) You never know. Uh Uh-huh. And yeah, settle in and listen to episode 39, Checkmate. Let's start telling our listeners about episode 39. Should I should I go ahead and do the cliff dangler? Let's do it. The cliff dangler is that the meddling monk has his own TARDIS. So uh, Vicky and Stephen have discovered that the altar in the monk's monastery is actually a disguised TARDIS. And they uh, have just gotten inside it and they recognize the familiar interior and um what are they going to do about it i don't know i guess we're about to find out so we we see the cliff dangler we get to watch vicky and steven discover the monk's tardis again and then we cut over to the doctor who had just taken the monk prisoner basically held a sword up to his throat and overheard the monk talking about beacon fires and the doctor is questioning the monk about these fires. The monk pretty quickly reveals that he intends them as signal fires for King Hadrada and the Viking fleet as expected. Uh-huh. 
But, of course, when the Viking fleet arrives where he has the beacon fires set up, he'll destroy them with his atomic cannon. Yes, that's that's his nefarious plan that we learned last episode. We cut to back inside of the monk's TARDIS where Stephen and Vicky are exploring his collection of art objects, including statues, paintings, furniture, all sorts of stuff. Got something from every period and every place. Interesting. Are, are there any recognizable paintings and statues? Uh, not really. Just like generic from different styles of art and different time periods. Gotcha. If they were well known, then I mean, if, if, if he he has them, they can't be well known because he stole them from history. So right, he, yeah. He never knew that Da Vinci painted the, you know, Renaissance dogs playing Renaissance poker um, <laughs> because we never we because then the monks stole them, so they're they're missing from history. Uh huh. They also find what. Stephen thinks is some kind of neutron bomb that looks like it can be fired from the cannon that they found up on the clifftops. Oh shit! Uh, the, the, the the yeah, best uh, best not push any of those buttons there, fellas. <laughs> uh huh. Turn it up. Well, we sure don't have anything like that in Alabama. No sir. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sometimes Stephen does channel his ancestor. <laughs> <laughs> According to the journal slash logbook that Vicky finds, they learn that the monk did actually meet Leonardo da Vinci and talked to him about powered flight. Interesting. And he's like, oh, it's okay. My apprentice Katarina will teach me all about it. It's <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that's a Voyager reference for you, Trekkies out there. <laughs> we cut back to the monk and the doctor. So that's it. You're a time meddler. No wonder you wanted to get rid of me. And what are you trying to get up to this time? Hmm? Metal. <laughs> uh huh. In time. Time, metal, metal, time. I'm a time meddler, and I'm a monk. Monk, time, metal, time, monk, monk, time, metal. <laughs> this joke is awful. Uh, leave it in. As the doctor says that, fireworks and confetti start to go off because the name of this overall serial is the Time Meddler. <laughs> uh, Which, you know. Someone randomly from off screen yells out, Checkmate! <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> the monk basically says that. He's going to kill all the birds in history with a single stone by wiping out the Viking fleet. Oh, buddy, I'd I love to see the uh, diagram that you put together um, of how that's going to work. I, I'm sure it involves a lot of, you know, newspaper clippings connected <laughs> by bits of string. Uh-huh. Yeah, unfortunately, Stephen and Vicky don't go into his TARDIS planning room. They mostly stick in the <laughs> control room. Uh, well, we, we, we're sure it was there. Uh-huh. Yeah, basically his idea is that 
the only reason King Harold lost to William the Conqueror in 1066 was because he had to deal with this Viking invasion first. So if the monk deals with the Viking invasion, then King Harold's army will be all fresh and rested and everything, and they'll kick William the Conqueror's ass. Poor William will be stuck with his original uh, historical name, I guess, which was apparently William the Bastard, which is not as much fun. Uh Really, really harder to get free drinks at the bar with a name like that. (laughs) (laughs) The monk's basically like, you know, cool plan, huh? And the doctor is like, It's quite a plan. (laughs) It's quite a plan. I count myself a very fortunate person indeed to be here in the time to prevent this disgusting exhibition. Hell yeah, doctor. You tell him. (laughs) We touch base briefly with the two Vikings in the monastery, Sven and Ulf. They have finally both regained consciousness at the same time, and Sven is able to find Ulf pretty easily. Of course, because his heart leads him to him. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Sven wants to go back to the forest. He's done with all this shit, but Ulf thinks it's probably safer to stay here in the monastery, and he figures there's probably treasure somewhere in the monastery. (laughs) Uh, Well, if you like uh, gramophones that play monk chanting, (laughs) um, yes, you are correct. Uh Uh-huh. You might recall that poor Eldred, who got injured fighting the Vikings, is actually still at the monastery healing. And he's kind of gotten up and is walking around a little bit. And he actually sees the two Vikings there and sneaks out of the monastery. <laughs> it's like, man, this this place is weird. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, the doctor has been shouting at the monk hard enough that the monk agrees to to show him his TARDIS, basically. <laughs> it's like, please, you're, you're such an angry man. <laughs> <laughs> so... He takes him back, and the doctor's like, oh, yeah, sure, this totally isn't just, like, an altar or a sarcophagus or whatever. And the monk is like... More in keeping with the period, I would say, than a modern police box. <laughs> What's the matter, doctor? Can't you repair your camouflage? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, oh, young man, you're about to get a, a walking stick to the <laughs> teeth there. <laughs> The doctor is basically just like, yeah, dude, you're pretty lucky that your TARDIS just happens to fit in and like be camouflaged here where you've landed it. And the monk is like, dude, luck had nothing to do with it. I actually like specifically planned for my TARDIS to look like this and to land right exactly here. The doctor's like, oh, uh, of course you did, but... Uh... You know, just just in case, could you show me how you did that? <laughs> uh-huh. Do you happen to have, like, a spare owner's manual, maybe? <laughs> Can you show me what, like, the right half of the console does? Because so far, I've just been mostly using the left. <laughs> <laughs> so the monk kind of opens the doors and leads the doctor inside. And... 
we cut to the inside. Stephen is reading the monk's checklist as the monk and the doctor enter. And is one of the things on the checklist checkmate? <laughs> yeah, he added step nine down at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor starts looking around and like basically admiring the control room. Apparently it's a Mark Four. Nice. I wonder what Mark the, the TARDIS is. I mean, wait, this is a TARDIS. I wonder what Mark the Doctor's TARDIS is. I'm I'm guessing a lower number. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he never actually says, but I'm thinking it's it can't be higher than than probably two. Yeah. Maybe three, but probably it's a <laughs> one or a two. Vicky breaks the news to the doctor that they don't actually have a TARDIS anymore because the tide came in and the doctor's like, oh, like, no problem. It's totally fine. We'll just need to, like, wait for the tide to go back out again. <laughs> and he just continues admiring the monk's TARDIS, which apparently has automatic drift control. Oh, nice. Steven is like, oh, shit, you two must come from the same place. And the doctor's like... Yes, I regret that we do, but I would say that I am 50 years earlier. Interesting. I wonder if we're going to get a name for that place. <laughs> I think the writers are not that ambitious yet. Okay. <laughs> the doctor starts prodding the monk for more details on his plans, and... The monk reveals that he's trying to improve history, basically. He thinks that Harold would be a better king than William, and things would be peaceful, and the people can improve. The monk can be around to, like, give them hints and tips and shit, and he thinks they could have airplanes by the 14th century. Shakespeare be able to put Hamlet on television! <laughs> Wow. Um, cool. Uh-huh. I mean, you don't need Hamlet on television when you have a, a time-space visualizer, but... <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess the monk doesn't have one of those, though. Ha! Mark IV. Hmm. <laughs> the doctor is wondering, like, what he should do with the monk. And as the doctor is pondering this, the monk basically just rushes out of the TARDIS door to try to escape, but he rushes right into the arms of Sven and Ulf. <laughs> uh, now, now we have uh, the, let's see, Svalunk ship. <laughs> Svalunk. Ulf. Sorry, I mean, they, they, they can't, they can't uh, form a, a, a thruple here because there's just yeah. no good ship name. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so they grab him. He's basically like, oh, uh, Long live King Hadrada! And points at the doctor and tells the Vikings that he's their enemy. <laughs> okay, well, that's some quick thinking there, Monk. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
Hi, Kyle here. I hope you're enjoying the episode. You can let us know what you think of it by emailing us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or by tweeting us at doctorwatcher. You can also leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you review your podcasts and tell a friend. Anyway, back to the episode. Down in the village, Woolnoth and Sheedith are telling the rest of the villagers about how the old man said that there would be a Viking invasion soon, and the monk asked them to light beacon fires on the clifftops, which they have not actually done yet. Yeah, that's uh, that's some good thinking there, fellas. I, I wouldn't light it either in those circumstances. Uh-huh. I think you've got just enough pieces there to put the two together and uh, reach that conclusion. <laughs> yeah, the villagers are basically all just like, ah, oh, what the fuck? Ah! <laughs> nice. And just then, Eldred, who's still, you know, kind of injured, he stumbles into the village and tells everybody that there are Vikings hiding at the monastery, and the villagers all start arming themselves. Nice. Vicky, Stephen, and the doctor, meanwhile, have all had their feet and arms tied up. Stephen has still managed to talk the DM into letting him roll an investigation check, but he did have to roll it with disadvantage, because he basically has to, like, hop around the room looking because his feet are tied together. <laughs> uh, but, still worth a shot. Yeah, it was a waste of a roll. He didn't actually find anything useful. Uh, but he did it amuse us. <laughs> he starts to get confused about the whole time paradox aspect of things. I mean, I don't know much about history, but I do know that William the Conqueror did win the Battle of Hastings. And Vicky's basically just like, yeah, he did, up until he doesn't, and all of future history changes. Interesting, because I remember speculating before about whether the Doctor is even capable of changing history. Like, in the uh, in the, the Doctor Who rules of time travel, mm-hmm. um, is, is the history that we know basically like the canonical history that's already factored in all the time traveling and shenanigans that are going on, or can it be changed? And it seems like, right. at least in, from Vicky's understanding of things, that you can change things. Right. And the monk's understanding, he's actively trying to change things. Yes. We see that the monk now basically has... Sven and Ulf working for him and they are carrying boxes of the missiles that Vicky and Steven found. Oh man, how many of these neutron bombs does he have? (laughs) (laughs) I thought one would do the trick. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. They carry them like to the door of the monastery basically and they leave the monastery with them but there is a horde of angry villagers outside the monastery, who all start shouting and chasing after them with spears and stuff. So they run back into the monastery. The monk kind of ducks behind the monastery door to hide while all the villagers rush in. And, like, after the whole crowd of villagers has rushed into the monastery, he just kind of, like, ducks out and leaves. 
Yeah, he's like, all right, peace out. Uh-huh. But he's followed a moment later by Sven and Ulf, who are followed by the whole crowd of villagers, and everyone runs and shouts. And then um, the, the Vikings chase the monk, and then the horde of villagers chase the Vikings, and then the monk chases the horde of villagers, and they're all just like crisscrossing in and out of doors <laughs> for uh-huh. no reason until they're like, wait a second, why, why is the you know, monk chasing the Vikings? Oh, this is <laughs> silly. And then they turn around and chase back the other way. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor and his two companions get freed by Shedith, who tells them that the monk and the Vikings are going to be dealt with by the other villagers. She invites the doctor and his crew basically down to the village to say goodbye before they continue their travels. And he agrees, but he sends her... He sends Shedith, I should say. I was going to say, it's not her ancestor that we're talking about. (laughs) Uh (laughs) He sends Shedith ahead of them back to the village, saying that he's got a few things to take care of first, like, you know, before they stop by to say goodbye. Mm -hmm. As soon as Shedith is gone, Vicky's like, we're just going to, like, GTFO to the TARDIS now, right? The, the, the question is, which TARDIS? <laughs> like, uh-huh. I mean, I'm positive the doctor will want to use his own, but, like, you, you all have, like, a, a objectively better one, like, right, right here. A Mark you don't even need to walk as far to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to GTFO, but the doctor says that they have to stop the time meddler first. Oh, and I guess he doesn't trust the, the mob to do that. Yeah. We get a brief scene in the forest. The monk tells Sven and Ulf about an old well that they can hide in. So they run off, you know, in the direction of the well. But as soon as they head that direction, the monk heads in a different direction. And then Sven and Ulf come back saying that there's no well. And they find that the monk is gone, and then they find that they are now surrounded by angry villagers with spears. Well, that's the first time that they fell for that. Um, <laughs> you said this is coming out around the December, right? So you could uh-huh. say that that was the first no well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that was terrible. If, uh, if, if if that was in the episode, folks, then you'll know that I, I didn't feel bad enough to cut it. <laughs> you all have to suffer. <laughs> we'll see how long this recording ends up being. If we're if we're short on content, then you might have to suffer through that joke, listeners. And even if we're not, <laughs> you might suffer through it anyway. Back inside the monk's TARDIS, Stephen has found a roll of string for the doctor who is messing with a component on the underside of the main control panel. He basically like ties the string to this component and orders Vicky and Steven outside, of course, refusing to explain to them what he's doing. I've got a bad feeling that this is some sort of self-destruct and he's about to destroy the objectively better TARDIS. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like, well, all my cloaks are in the other one, so uh-huh. better back off. Hmm? Be so much work to transfer the wardrobe over. Yes. Stephen and Vicky leave. The doctor starts slowly backing toward the TARDIS door himself. He's kind of, you know, letting the roll of string unroll as he goes. And he exits the TARDIS. He starts pulling the string kind of slowly and carefully until it's pretty taut. And then he gives it a nice yank. And the component that he tied it to comes flying out through the TARDIS doors tied to the end of the string. Interesting. All right. Vicky wants to know if he's going to tell them what he did. And he's like, Yeah, sometime, my dear, sometime. <laughs> Hopefully before the end of the episode. <laughs> uh-huh. He leaves a note, like a handwritten note that he wrote for the monk in an envelope, leaves it like on top of the altar. He's like, now it's time to GTFO. Let's head back to the TARDIS. Wow. Power move. So I, uh, I suspect that he's sabotaged the, the TARDIS in some way. My only question is, did he do it in such a way that the TARDIS won't start? Or did he do it in such a way that if the monk tries to start it, it will explode? <laughs> that we'll could be pretty interesting. You know, if you, if you look at the Google Maps of Northumbria, you can actually see, like, <laughs> the crater where there used to be a monastery. <laughs> So we cut to Stephen and Vicky and the doctor all arriving at the cliff top and they look down and they can see that the TARDIS looks totally fine. We, the viewers, don't get to look down and see it. We just have to take their word for it. But they <laughs> say it's fine. Building the, the model set. Uh-huh. The doctor says that they'll have to climb down the cliffs to get to the TARDIS, and they'd better hurry because the Viking invasion will be arriving any time now. And Vicky joins in with him as he says, And history will be allowed to take, take its natural course. <laughs> cool. I like how they said they had to take care of the, the monk, but apparently that only meant doing the whatever they did to the, the TARDIS. Meanwhile, the uh-huh. monk himself is still, like, running around. <laughs> Stephen is starting to get into the idea of being a crew member on a time machine, but Vicky very quickly puts him in his place. A crew member? You'll be lucky. He's the crew. We're just the passengers. Oh, I was hoping that she might say something like, you know, yeah, I'm the first mate and you're the cabin boy or something. Because, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, she is the, the, the senior companion now. He can he can be the morale officer. Yes. Oh, another Voyager reference. <laughs> <laughs> Most useless part of the crew gets to be the morale officer. Sorry, Neelix fans. <laughs> <laughs> Back at the monastery, the monk has arrived. He's, you know, headed to his TARDIS. Well, to like the outside of it, to the altered sarcophagus, whatever you want to call it. And he finds the note that the doctor has left for him, which says that the doctor took steps to stop his time meddling. And 
maybe the doctor will return someday to see if the monk has learned his lesson and release him. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. So I think our theory was correct, but also I I enjoy that the the doctor drew a bunch of confetti on the note because <laughs> he referred to time meddling. Uh-huh. The monk thinks the whole note is probably just bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone's about to. (laughs) (laughs) I think somebody's about to fuck around and maybe about to find out. (laughs) I think he's done the fucking around. He's about to find out. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Sorry. (laughs) Even better. He opens the TARDIS door and finds that the doctor's note was not, in fact, bullshit because his TARDIS is little on the inside now. <laughs> Turns out the doctor stole his dimensional control. Oh, doctor. Doctor! Doctor! <laughs> Amazing. Kyle even did like a little <laughs> shake. <laughs> Can he like not even fit like a, an arm in there now? Um... You know, the shot that we got, it was basically like the camera was kind of inside of the TARDIS control room looking out at, you know, his body. And we could see like basically his chest and torso and head through the door. So I think if he really wanted to, he could like crawl in and just kind of like you know, hunch over or like sit and operate the, the TARDIS. But <laughs> just like completely wrap his body around the control console and like uh-huh. tuck his knees up under his chin and then try to like <laughs> operate the controls with like his fingertips or something. Right. So yeah, like how how much does he not want to be trapped here in ten sixty six? Like he could get out <laughs> if he really wanted to. Uh, maybe he has just enough power still coming out of the TARDIS to like toast one bagel at a time or something. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we cut to a shot of the TARDIS, the doctor's TARDIS dematerializing from the beach and then credits roll. Credits and not even the next time on Doctor Who because uh, that's the end of the season? Yep, this is the end of the season. Only 39 episodes this time. <laughs> we did not get a next episode at all. During the end credits, though, we did actually get some nice kind of profile shots of Stephen and Vicky and the Doctor that I don't think we've seen before. So I'll oh, be cool. curious to see if they continue that or if that was just kind of a special end of the season one-off credits roll thing cool cool well here we are at the end of another not only the season but also the serial i guess um and uh, as we're at the end of the serial would you kyle the doctor's watcher recommend it to our listeners that they check it out so it's probably no surprise that i'm gonna start off by saying that this serial had 
some scenes in the meddling monk episode that were pretty difficult and painful to watch. Yeah. Specifically the scenes involving Edith's implied sexual assault in the aftermath. Yeah. But with that caveat, the rest of the serial was definitely pretty fun and entertaining. I, I liked the rest of it a lot. I think we've talked previously in a few episodes ago about how it's the first historical that's not really like a pure quote unquote historical. Yeah. You know, there's like sci-fi elements to it and that's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. It's also the first time that we've met anyone other than Susan who came from where the doctor came from, which is cool. Wherever that should happen to be. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I ultimately would recommend it. It is hard to skip the entire episode of The Meddling Monk because, unlike Terry Nation, Dennis Spooner actually does advance the plot in every episode. <laughs> uh-huh. But, you know, definitely feel free to, like, skip those scenes if you want. Yeah, yeah. Like I mentioned, this is one of those serials that's harder to to watch than it is to listen to because you do have to like see the the characters and see their like faces and afterwards. And I mean, in this case, Edith, see her face afterwards, and that that's that's not fun. Um, but yeah, but yeah. Other than that, I mean, that, that's hard to listen to too. Um, and, uh, but outside, outside of that, I would say this was a pretty fun serial. It was interesting. Like you said, it was cool to see the, uh, the influence of another time traveler on earth history specifically, um, and how he intended to, to change, um, history. That's always kind of fun. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind it's of kind a, of, a new type of Doctor Who story that we haven't really ever had before. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it was kind of interesting kind of seeing the this new party of the Doctor, Vicky, and Stephen coming together and, and working out their dynamics. Yeah. Yeah, like Stephen and Vicky definitely clash a little bit. Sometimes it's not clear, like, when the Doctor's not around, which one of the two is going to be making decisions. Uh-huh. But I do like that Steven has deferred to Vicky a couple of times. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I'm not getting my hopes up too much that that's going to, you know, happen consistently or in all uh, applicable or relevant cases. But it is it is cool to see that sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, I I enjoy that there's a little bit of tension and, you know, there's some disagreement between them, like that's a more interesting and more fun story than if all the companions all get along all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I hope that they don't overdo it, but I guess that we'll see. Yeah. Cool. Well, all right. Tune in in one week uh-huh. to hear our thoughts on season two overall. Yeah. And tune in in two weeks to hear about the first episode of season three. Hey, don't worry, folks. They made another season. (laughs) Uh, They made many more seasons. (laughs) We're going to be doing this a while if we if we do them all. Um, Yeah, but we'll we'll definitely you know before before we even have to worry about season three, we do have a season two wrap up episode. Um, 
And uh, Kyle has let me know that we've received a couple of questions from listeners. Um, It'll be too late, unfortunately, by the time that you hear this to send us in any because we'll have already recorded uh, the season two wrap-up episode. But for those of you who sent in questions before when we were like soliciting them in, uh, in previous episodes and on Twitter, thank you. And we'll look forward to answering those. Indeed. Yeah, for... Any of our listeners who happen to be celebrating some common Western winter holidays, then hopefully our episode next week will be a nice little gift for you. Whatever you happen to be celebrating, we hope it's a happy one. Um, And thank you for inviting the Doctor's Watcher into your, your holiday celebrations. Or whenever the heck you happen to be listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. right. Uh, Bye. Bye. Hi, it's Benny. Kyle and I would like to thank Circuit23 for our theme song. You can find its sweet, sweet tunes, including our theme, at soundcloud.com slash circuit23. And you can reach him at circuit.23 at gmail.com. Thank you to Kyle for talking to me about Doctor Who. And thank you, listener, for listening to me, listening to Kyle talk about Doctor Who. You can always chat with us by emailing thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or tweeting at doctorwatcher. It always makes our day to see a new review on iTunes. And with that, please join us next time on The Doctor's Watcher. So that monk's going to get away with it after all. Yes, but he can't, can he? I mean, I don't know much about history, but I do know that William the Conqueror did win the Battle of Hastings. Till now he did. If the monk changes it, I suppose our memories will change as well. What about the history books? That's all right. They're not written yet. They'll just write and print the new version. But that means that the exact minute, the exact second that he does it, every history book, every... Well, the whole future of every year and time on Earth will change just like that, and nobody will know that it has. I suppose that's what I'm trying to say. It's more than this time-travelling than meets the eye.